overachievers burn out. I don't want the whole company to burn out. Well, that's not true. Because when you have a group or a system of people excited to be at work every day, yes, at work, work from home doesn't work real good in this model, although it can. But you have a group of people, a division, a whole area of people that feed off of each other's energy. There is no burnout. When people are happy and achieving regularly in a group setting, they're healthy, they're happy at home, they're doing well at work, they're exceeding stakeholder and stockholder expectations, which is powerful, okay? So that gets away with sales goals. And then if there's no timeline, they're not driven to make up something to hit the timeline. They're driven to achieve. So when everybody's at work and achieving, really, there is no burnout. Once upon a time, there were millions of businesses struggling. Every day, they wasted time, effort, and money on repetitive tasks that added no value one day. The Better Automation Podcast by Processio came to help them find a way. Because of this, these businesses save time, reduce costs, innovate, and make better decisions. Because of that, these businesses grow, scale and use human creativity to change this world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm your host at Better Automation Podcast by Processio, where I interview the world's top experts and share their very best ideas on how to improve your life as well as the automation in your business and processes. My guest today is His Excellency Ambassador Terry Earthwind Nichols. Ambassador Terry is a mentor to the world's leaders, a United Nations Peace Ambassador at large, a veteran, and an ambassador of United Refugee Green Council Global. He shows business owners from the apex level down how to look at sales and marketing from an achievement point of view, resulting in increased sales while lowering employee absenteeism. He was a 2021 Thinkers 50 nominee, as well as a top 50 marketing influencers to follow in 2022 by the awards magazine. Ambassador Terry is a visionary strategist for people who are looking for achievement-based versus goal-based strategies for their business. He is an award-winning profiler from his naval recruiting days and the father of repetitive behavior cellular regression. His mentee success formula is set a vision plus building achievements regularly equal increased ROI. His global network of practitioners stop imposter syndrome, companion fatigue, PTSD, and many more repetitive behaviors in an online Q&A, Q&A section without therapy or counseling in six continents, 17 countries, including 27 U.S. states, and in six languages. He is a visionary strategist. Your Excellency, how are you today? Aziz, thank you so much for inviting me on to your podcast. I'm very excited to be here. And yes, I'm quite well today. Thank you. I'm happy. I'm honored. I'm privileged. And to begin asking you, since like I mentioned, you deal with leaders from the apex all the way to any level, 
What do you notice as one of the biggest issues, problems, or mistaken beliefs they have that is sabotaging their efforts at leadership? Clearly, uh, imposter syndrome and for their family, companion fatigue, which is really a um, white-collar way of saying PTSD. What uh, clearly uh, statistics have, have shown that 70 plus percent of executives in America alone uh, suffer from some form of imposter syndrome. So that is, it is huge. And um, what, what's this sad part about it is uh, clearly over 42% of them we found out uh, are afraid to go uh, get a diagnosis or anything like that. Uh, the remainder of them, uh, usually their, their spouse caregiver is a person that says, you're losing me, I'm, I'm taking the kids and I'm leaving if you don't go see somebody. And then they break down and they, they go, okay, let me go see someone. And God bless mental health out there. You know, they're doing the best they can with what they know that, that they can. For me, I'm a lifelong self-sabotager, so that falls right into imposter syndrome as well. I was uh, very quick to get promoted in the Navy and um, then didn't do much with it after I made the senior level due to self-sabotage. And my, my life after my 20 years uh, in the Navy, uh, self-sabotage came up a lot. I would drive myself and what that self-sabotage does and imposter syndrome does is uh, if you get feel you're getting to the point where uh, they're going to find out, that's what you tell yourself. And so when uh, that happens, I'd usually, a lot of times I'd get fired and, or, or I would quit before they found out. And uh, that happened quite a few times in my corporate life. Uh, I, I have been a VP, ex-VP, senior uh, vice president, president, chief operating officer, and chairman. And what I found out consistently out there is a lot of people thinking back on them because I created the uh, repetitive behavior question and answer uh, sequence just 10 years ago after I'd left corporate life. And I was uh, just starting out a um, coaching and mentoring uh, program with my with my wife. So uh, looking back on that now, a lot of my colleagues suffered from those things because I know what I'm looking at now and what the, how they acted and those kinds of things. So that is what's really huge and and. So getting back to your question, that is the background. Getting back to your question, for an international leader, the chairman, uh, the very apex of corporations, they usually start out at a prestigious college. They get their master's uh, from Harvard or Yale or Oxford, and that, they don't start at the bottom with an MBA, okay? They start in middle to upper middle management. So they have very little experience working one-to-one -one with their employees, the hourly people, the people who keep the thing running on a regular basis. And so 
Um, I educate them and mentor them. I don't really coach them anymore. I don't coach hardly at all. My wife does. But I mentor them on how to connect with the people they're, they're leading. And when they connect as a person one-on-one, the, um, the, whole, the, the company just changes. There's this metamorphosis. And, and when my, my uh, mentees then take on a vision that's, that's not part of their business plan, uh, in America and, and my international clients, uh, a vision and mission statement is really part of the basic business plan for uh, a successful corporation. Uh, unfortunately, senior management, um, they don't take that to heart. Rather, they just see it as a couple of paragraphs in the business plan, something for the financial people to look at. However, when they change and create a vision that they not only believe in, but everybody in their company believes in that they can achieve, then things start to change. This metamorphosis really comes to fruition. So how do you get to that vision? You set a vision out on the horizon that you can go for. It has no timeline. It has no sales goals or any of that. Those timelines and sales goals are directly related to ethical issues in senior executives. And so if you turn off the timeline and goals aspect of your business, then you start creating a roadway to get to the vision, to achieve it. And when you get there, guess what? You set a new vision. You don't just stop and, and, and hope it just works. But along the way, there are certain things that must be accomplished before you can get to your vision. So you start building achievement stops from the vision back to the day you begin. And when you finish the the sub tasks of each stop, then you have a a celebration. You, you, You bring in the company's people and you bring them close to you and you all celebrate this wonderful achievement. Now that can be uh, in financial. I've, I've got. I'm working with some financial people right now. So that could be a bank hitting an achievement for that bank, that branch itself. Uh, it could be a division. It could be the whole retail division of a, of a of a bank, of a corporation, or it could be a, a major stop that was achieved towards the division where the chairman of the company all the way down gets to celebrate that. Now. At the end of that celebration, everyone in the company gets to stop for a minute and analyze how did they do it? What worked, what did not work? And of that, what are we taking with us for the next stop to move on? Now, here's what's key, ladies and gentlemen that are listening in, and thank you for doing so. Here's what's key to this strategy. Um, if another COVID hits between now and the next stop, we've learned from the last COVID stop. So we're bringing that knowledge to the next, towards the next stop. And if we have to shut down operations again because something critical worldwide occurs, we have a whole new mindset to take on this situation. We're no longer thinking what divisions get closed, you know, um, uh, how many gets laid off? Um, 
we take care of our people first because it's all driven by achievement and we're all one big family and we're all moving ahead with our individual jobs, okay? And so first we take care of our people, we make them safe, we make the adjustments that we learned from COVID in the company immediately, even if it's a lockdown again or something like that. But here's what's key to this Aziz, soon as you can get open again, you just step back on the roadway and you continue. You've lost nothing. Now, how does this make money? And what's it, you know, overachievers burn out. I don't want the whole company to burn out. Well, that's not true. Because when you have a group or a system of people excited to be at work every day, yes, at work, work from home doesn't work real good in this model, although it can. But you have a group of people, a division, a whole area of people that feed off of each other's energy. There is no burnout. When people are happy and achieving regularly in a group setting, they're healthy, they're happy at home, they're doing well at work, they're exceeding stakeholder and stockholder expectations, which is powerful, okay? So that gets away with sales goals. And then if there's no timeline, they're not driven to make up something to hit the timeline. They're driven to achieve. So when everybody's at work and achieving, really there is no burnout. And here, you ready for this? If there's no burnout, there's nobody leaving the company because if you're achieving, you're in this magical place, you're not leaving it for nothing. So a lot of different issues that are dealing with the business as a whole internationally today can be addressed. That's kind of a long answer for your question, Aziz. <laughs> Thank you. So if I heard you correctly, too many people, whether executives or not, it seems to be part of the human condition, suffer from the imposter syndrome. And it seems to me it happens whenever people are outside their comfort zone, they will self-sabotage in order to return to that smaller, comfortable uh, zone, which stops their achievement because they don't realize the longer they stay outside their comfort zone, the more they can expand, the more they can learn, the more they can contribute and therefore they take it as a sign they'll get found out while in reality it's a sign is the growing pain that comes with being out and specifically for top level leaders they graduate from prestigious universities they don't have much interaction with the day-to-day -day people the salaried wage workers etc and therefore one of your recommendations is to sit down with them to connect with them to understand their heart which is key to you the two parts of your model the vision which is creating a long-term kind of uh, horizon that people are working towards rather than a specific goal and it needs to be electrifying not one of those uh, corporate speak three sentences or whatever that are on the business plan and to have achievement stops at every way which serve two purposes if i understood correctly one is to celebrate and therefore give positive reinforcement that the, when you work we're a team we're in it together we share the wealth we share the success as well as a place to stop and instead of mindlessly keeping working without learning you stop you learn you extract the lessons and improve and become a learning organization 
and therefore what happens when people are together in the same office or space you can see the excitement of people who don't have the pressure of goals that can push them to overpromise to do things that are unethical and therefore there is a contagious uh, human energy they can feel which makes them not burn out because they're feeding off each other's other's excitement and you create a culture and a workspace where people will never ever leave because they cannot find it anywhere else did i understand correctly you are spot on well done yes well done thank you very much and to ask you a bit further even because this is about, like you said, human beings, human nature. I want to specifically understand something. What does it mean for a leader to connect to those day-to-day -day wage earners? Because someone here in that, they might not know what does it mean really to connect, especially nowadays after the loss of too many social skills because of COVID and confinement, um, understanding people, empathy, all that and is in many ways a concept that is too big and it's not specified so to you what is that connection which is the building block for creating community culture and from it emanates the energy and the vision excellent question let me address it this way you that are listening right now who who are one of the executives we're talking about you've never had the opportunity to uh maybe at home sit down with the gardener and and find out about their life or anything like that so you don't have those skills or so you think however when you join the country club or or your downtown club or your men's club or your, or your women's association of of senior executives what did you do you went and met people you went and spent time with them and learned with them and for the majority of the people that I mentor, they learned how to create long lasting relationships. And uh, for all of the people that I have worked with who reached the very top of their, their industry, they have the same friends as they, the friendships they gained in college and, and post-grad, but also the, the wonderful friends that they used to play golf with when they were both uh, senior vice presidents someplace, they are, they are now heading up uh, other corporations or whatever. They're still best friends. Their relationships don't end for the most part, okay? So Sir Richard Branson, I follow him because he's a, such an excellent example of connecting to your people. Right now, he's expanding while everybody else is trying to figure out how to get people to, to the office, people thrive to the office because they never know if he's gonna walk in, say hi to them, sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. Because he has this mindset that everyone has a job in the corporation, okay? And because he's at the top of the job, it's just different than the person that's cleaning the, the uh, staterooms and his new cruise lines. It's just different. It's not lower people. And so the mindset of the connection of the human factor of, of your employees and staff, you can bring this to the club even, is touching them in a relationship situation. You don't, you don't have to make them your best friends, but you can make them uh, feel valued and by feeling valued, their home life is better. Just like I explained before, 
when you're healthy and thriving, you don't burn out and you sure don't leave, leave the company. And when, when this atmosphere takes place, you know, your, your EBIT line, earnings before interest taxation, whatever your financial baseline is, raises. You know, there's a, 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 I love banks because they have an excellent example of, of a corporation. And that is the bank teller that you drive up and, and get deposits from or whatever you're doing uh, at the drive up branch uh, window has as much input in the future of the corporation as the executive vice president of uh, mergers and acquisitions. And here's why. That person has a brain. And when you excite that brain to, to expand and to really put something together, they see and think of things that um, everyone else doesn't uh, think about. They can come up with cost-saving ideas that corporation-wide could mean millions of dollars. They can come up with new revenue streams that can support the branch and the company when the next COVID happens, because uh, let's say the next COVID happens and it's worse than what we have now. It is possible. So let's say that happens. Rather than close that branch and lose all that talent, perhaps you restructure the branch and train the people to close the front door so they're not taking uh, live interaction and make it a mortgage services place and collaborate with the other banks in the area to, to support people so they, they can keep their homes and uh, the, the bank branches are collaborative so they become an active participant in their communities. The shift there is profound, ladies and gentlemen. Great question, uh, follow-up question, Aziz. Thank you, it reminds me of Kaizen, which is the Japanese movement for continuous improvement because every person has the task of improving their workflow and the work they do um, by one thing every time or whenever possible and therefore it's not like every person has an important role and every person can contributes to the change and improvement and growth of the company and therefore to ask you something very specific because the the audience for this podcast are COOs and CEOs who are interested in change management, digital transformation and automation to concretely put your method of achievement orientation rather than being uh, goal based. Let's say there is a company, the things that they have been doing so far won't take them to the next level and therefore they need to change things. They need to change the processes, optimizing them. They need to add new technologies. They need to involve automations. How can they go about that while still putting people first, not demoralizing people or creating resistance from a feeling of top-down, forced over them kind of change? I have an excellent place to start and it's available in an ebook. It's my brand new book called Consortium Business Model for the 21st Century. Everything that I'm talking about is in this very quick read that you can grab uh, while you're stuck in traffic in the back of the executive sedan on the way home. And it outlines how to put this new business model together. And it gives you ideas on, on how to uh, Bank of America on one corner and Wells Fargo across the street 
the two managers to get together and start collaborating on how best to serve the community. Everything that I've spoke about today is available. Certainly you contact me. Uh, my consortium model is, you know, we, we uh, consult with, with corporations. We have a three-year uh, program that we help them uh, with. Doesn't matter if they're a top 10 uh, uh, bank in the world. Um, there's, there's a change here and that change for you to thrive in the future and, and to continue to grow, you're going to have to make some big changes and this will help you do that. Thank you so much. This is really good. And I remember even in your introduction that a big part of what you help businesses with is their marketing and sales. Do you have a different perspective on how marketing and sales should be conducted? And what kinds of things can people expect with your help to change or achieve or add to their businesses? In January, I was very surprised uh, by receiving the award as uh, number 17 of the top 50 marketing influencers to follow in 2022. Here's why my success and my, and my mentees uh, gained the same success. I am um, at live, at need, I come up with marketing programs that are relative to the customer who's spending the dollar. The person that's pulling out that credit card or debit card and buying your service or product. What do they want? What do they need? And how do you contact them? How do you interconnect with them? Social media for the COO or the CEO or chairman of an international corporation is just as important to monitor as your marketing team, okay? Who live in social media if they're real good. Here's the key. When you are the chairman of an international corporation, you get inundated with social media requests and crazy things like that. So create a social media profile that uses your name, that the part of your name that nobody knows. It's a legitimate profile, it won't be fake, and it allows you to go out and just be um, a local person and see what people are doing, how they're doing it, what are their issues, and how can you help them. And from that, you go back to your chief's board, what I call the chief's board, the, the very chief executive officers and, and chief uh, uh, of the corporation. And you say, here's what I've learned lately. What are you guys doing? And they should be doing the same thing so that you keep your finger on the pulse of the company and your product. Because every time as, as a leader, or any member of a, a corporation, hey, Terry, what do you do? You tell them what you do with full respect. It doesn't matter if they're washing your car or uh, you're playing golf at the country club. The same respect because you're sending a message to your intended target market, not the person you're speaking to. Now, if it directly relates to the people that you're talking to at the moment, great. But if it doesn't, they may have an uncle. My One of my other books, Profiling for Profit, I talk about uh, the guy who washed my car at one of my, my key uh, customers building. And he asked me what I did one day and I gave him a full and complete answer and my business card. 
Five days later, his uncle, who was the executive vice president for Midwest of Wells Fargo, called me and through that connection with that kid washing the car, I had a new amazing client that stayed with me for years until he retired. So there, there is a reason for you to send a message instead of just telling people what you do, okay? What do I do? Well, I talk about peace a lot, okay? But there's people out there looking for me and I give that person, what do you do? The response, more or less what, what Aziz did at the beginning of this, it's very important. Thank you, that's very beautifully said. Some people will say, I'm an executive, I don't have all that time for to do things that can't scale like that. Of course, they're important and they should be a priority. My business too, of course, it's beautiful to focus on the energy and on the learning. When it comes to new technologies and automation, how do they fit within the picture you're presenting and about consor consortiums? How to know what to automate and to make into something that human uh, intervention doesn't need to be uh, like prevalent within it to free time to do those things and what how to know what is truly important when you have a vision and one of those achievement stops that i was talking about there are four to eight tasks that are subtasks of the achievement of that stop and when your CMO, your chief marketing officer, is um, on social media a couple of times a week, uh, you, you hire teams that are out there in social media. Your people are in social media, believe me, all of them. Even that employee at the, at the drive-up window, they're in social media. And when you have them motivated to bring in the latest technology and applications, they talk to other companies in service to them in their regular life. How does the phone tree, when there's a phone conversation work? Is it effective? Is it better than what we're doing? All of that is keeping your pulse, your hand on the pulse of, of your world and exciting your people to be the same way. Because when, when you, you treat everybody the same way, they're excited to help you, okay? Because it helps them too. And the stakeholders, they love you. Shareholders are ecstatic because things are changing for the, for the good. Even in downturns, all of a sudden your corporation is not in a downturn. The rest of the world wants to know why. And then you start to reposition yourself within your industry. It works, inter it, it works interconnectedly to, to uh, the betterment of all. Thank you. This was so deep and insightful. Can you share more about your books, about where people can find them, your services? You said you don't do coaching, your wife does. What does your wife do? What do you do? So that people, I know I mentioned it, but more for someone who's excited right now to learn more, to contact you. What can they expect? What can they get? And what are the best places or links or websites or social media for them to go? I tell everyone, this is about uh, my 480th um, podcast interview. And I've been on, I'm regularly on both sides of the mic. I have something unique. My brand is Terry Earthwind Nichols. There's one of me in the world. A Bing or Google search for that full name there's 17,000 Terry Nichols currently in the United States, so there's a lot of them. However, 
Terry Earthwind Nichols, there's one in the world. All of my social media links can be found there, our websites. My wife is uh, doing some fabulous work in Clarity. When I take on a mentee, I have her spend an hour with him to really get clear, or her, to really get clear on what it is that, that they are, are looking at going forward. She's also um, on her 23rd book herself. I have eight books. And um, she, she coaches people on various aspects of their business and website, brand, uh, a lot of that. But she also has a unique way of coaching them through uh, self-publishing a book in 30 days, which is pretty amazing. Now, is it a book of five or 600 pages? No, 100, 150 pages, just small things. That's powerful. Now, when you go to Amazon, everything that I do is on Amazon. So all eight of my books are available in print, uh, in multiple uh, sites around and it's selling internationally. So all of my eight books are in print and all of them are ebooks. Uh, the consortium and, and the profiling for profit, I highly recommend, uh, well, all of my mentees have them on their phone in their Kindle, okay? So that they can use them for regular reference. So that's the big things. Terry Earthwind Nichols and you find out my, you know, my YouTube, my videos, my media, everything. Um, uh, Thinkers 360 uh, recently uh, acknowledged me as a top 10 thought leader worldwide. Uh, and that's an excellent source for you if you're looking for speakers for your events and things like that. I'm listed there as well. These are all different places where, where you can find me quite easily because we're all busy. So the easiest way we can do it is, is the way we want to, uh, that will give us the, the amount of clarity we're looking for. Thank you so much. I love this and I love your mentioning clarity and progress and new perspectives. And therefore, before we finish, of course, I highly recommend Processio as well, which is a modern low-code, no-code platform for advanced automation and creating an enterprise-grade backend for your software. Any viewer or listener and their company can get a totally free account at Processio.app. And for those with enterprise needs or higher business needs, there is a very generous 50% discount code. It's better 50 off one word in capital letters, more information in the description, as well as more links to, to Ambassador Terry. Thank you so much. This was my privilege, my honor, and I wish you to keep going. You're doing great things in this world. Thank you so much, Aziz. I, this was uh, very enlightening, great questions. And I, I hope I drew some interest. My message got to the people who are looking for me. Like as, I, as I mentioned before, this is all about message, not content. 100%. Thank you again.